What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Divi Crypto Podcast. I'm your co-host, Steve, here. And today, I am joined by the one and only Ty Daniel-Smith, the Managing Director of Coinbound. How's it going, Ty? Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. For sure. For sure. So we're going to dive into a topic today that I think has a lot of really interesting concepts to it and different angles to it because people ask me questions all the time about where they where they do their advertising, their promotions with a crypto project. So I really wanted to get you on because I consider you definitely one of the top experts in this space when it comes to crypto marketing. So before we get into that though, everybody loves a crypto origin story. So let's hear you know your background. How'd you get into to starting Coinbound and, and crypto at large? Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I hope I could live up to your your uh, your expectations of being the, the expert on crypto marketing. I'll, I'll certainly do my best. Um, but yeah, as far as how I got into crypto, so I had a friend who was building uh, an app. He was super, you know, tech guy, and he's explaining this app to me. And sort of in the process, I was doing what you know entrepreneurs kind of do to each other, which is basically poke holes in it and see kind of you know what are we not thinking of, and and you know where can this go wrong, uh, and part of that process, I kind of saw an issue with, um, there was this need to exchange value, monetary value, and it had to be done in a way that was not gonna work with US dollars because it had to be digital, it had to be you know, decentralized. And again, this is kind of before I knew about crypto, so I didn't you know, really understand the concept of decentralization. So I'm saying to him, you know, how are you gonna address this problem? And he was you know, at the time already you know, super deep into crypto and, and the app was very involved with crypto. So, that kind of started that whole conversation between me and him to kind of learn about, you know, Ethereum and smart contracts, uh, decentralized money and, and all that stuff. And then when he explained that to me, uh, you know, a light bulb kind of just went off because I, you know, this was like magic to me. I didn't, I didn't know this existed. I didn't know this was possible. And it just kind of like, I, I, I get, it was like just magic. I, I couldn't believe that someone was able to figure this all out. And the possibilities just were kind of like running wild in my mind of what we can do with this new technology. Um, you know, so th from there, I was just kind of hooked. It really, you know, just jived well with sort of my uh, my feelings of, of people being able to have a little bit more ownership over their money, um, as well as just, you know, I'm always kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a business guy, so I'm always kind of trying to design systems and processes and the fact that you can kind of automate a lot of this stuff with a smart contract, and not have to, you know, involve so many people or, or, you know, approval mechanisms and things like that was just kind of super interesting and appealing to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, from there, like I said, I was just kind of hooked. And, and so I got involved in a couple different um, crypto startups. And I'm not necessarily like the tech guy, I'm more of the sales and marketing guy. So I was, you know, that was kind of my responsibilities with these companies. Um, so I kind of learned like, you know, the, the ins and outs of, you know, how to grow an audience in crypto, sort of what the community likes, what they don't like, what works to grow a company, what doesn't work. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, from there, it just kind of, you know, I, I just, I was trying to grow these companies and I kept kind of seeing all these agencies come into the space and they were trying to apply traditional marketing techniques to this new industry that really responds totally different than any other, you know, previous industry. Um, and they were just totally doing it wrong. It was just not working. Uh, so I kind of, you know, I did what a lot of entrepreneurs do. And I kind of said, you know, I can do this better. Uh, you know, I have a marketing background. I know the industry really well. I know the community really well. Um, and no one's really kind of devoting their their life and all their time and resources to figuring out what actually works for specifically crypto and blockchain companies. So that's you know exactly what I did. Yeah, saw saw a need and a problem that needed to be solved, and you jumped in and and, and 
figured out a way to solve it. And I think that the way that you're solving it is quite unique because just from a content creator's perspective, you know, we've known each other for quite a while now at this point in crypto land. And I think that, you know, you guys do a lot of work with thought leaders and content creators, which speaks to this space more than any other industry I've ever seen, other than something like fashion or something like that, where, you know, the, the content creators are really driving a lot of uh, awareness that companies are more so likely to work with them than in, in many other industries that I've seen in the past, like having a background in finance myself, you know, that was never a topic of conversation when it came in with marketing. It wasn't like, Hey, all right, which influencers are we working with? Who's making the content this month? Um, which I think is one of the cool aspects of what you're doing, but just to get into the, that section of this with what Coinbound is from a high level, you know, how did you start the company and what was the sort of the bread and butter, I guess you could say. Yeah. So one of the biggest pieces of what we started with was the influencer, you know, content creator, key opinion leader, whatever you want to call it, uh, marketing style, just because that was really working well, you know, especially at the time of, of when we were getting started. Um, so that was, you know, a, a very big piece of it. We were also doing a lot of work in the beginning with um, publishers. So one of the companies I was working with was, you know, one of the, a crypto publisher. Um, so in the very beginning days, people were reaching out to us a lot to do you know, we want to issue, you know, sponsored articles, or we want to, you know, banner advertising or something like that. Um, so I kind of thought, you know, well, you know, why am I only selling my own inventory? There's also all these other publishers who are having issues filling their inventory, I could do that as well. Uh, so that was a big piece. And then just from there, just, you know, we're very responsive, we, we, we don't like to be focused on just one thing when you know, when we had a new client, we don't want to be shoving down their throats one marketing strategy, uh, because it's something that we're good at, we want what actually is going to work for them. So from there, we kind of, you know, grew into all these different uh, departments where, you know, now we have like an SEO department and a PPC department and a media buying department, um, all of which only do crypto. But, you know, the, the, the first kind of conversation that we have with every client is not, you know, not a recommendation. It's more of just learning what they do and what their goals are and things like that so that we can, you know, then go back internally have a discussion about what is going to actually work for them, um, you know, based on what their KPIs are or you know, whatever their, their growth metrics that are important are. Um, and then we can, you know, we have more kind of tools to, to recommend. Um, but yeah, at this point we're doing way more than just the influencer marketing piece, but that was, uh, that was at one time, the biggest thing that we were doing. Got it. Got it. And what are the rules around where people can advertise? Like if I have a project right now and I want to go out there and do, let's call it traditional advertising, like pay-per-click or display, what are the what are the rules around it? Like, which platforms are allowing it? Which ones aren't? Is Facebook allowing it? What what's, what are those guidelines? Yeah, so they're I mean they're always changing, of course. Right when you know the kind of bubble burst, the ICO bubble back in early 2018, everyone was kind of writing off crypto as a scam. So the kind of knee jerk reaction that all those ad tech platforms like Google and Facebook and Twitter was to just kind of blanket ban everything. Since then a lot of rolled back those restrictions. Facebook hasn't. Facebook is still you know, a pain in the ass to do any kind of advertising with. If you're a crypto company, you, you can do it, but it's, um, it's difficult to say the least. Um, places like Google are allowing it. You need, you need, for the most part, you need a cryptocurrency certificate, they call it, um, which is just kind of like explaining, you know, what it is that you do. Um, basically, Google's just trying to prove that you're not a scam. 
Um, that said, though, if you've been on YouTube lately, you might have seen a lot of those kind of, you know, send me five ETH and I'll send you 10 ETH back kind of scams. I don't know how those are getting through, honestly. Um, but yeah, Twitter is, is out of all those major ad tech platforms, Twitter is probably the most friendly right now. Um, we've never really had any issues with that. There's definitely kind of like ways to phrase certain things that will stop the account from getting banned because a lot of the, the kind of approval process of those ad tech companies is automated. Um, so certain kind of wordings will, will trigger that. And, um, I mean, we've never had an account banned, but I have a lot of clients who, you know, came to us and their account had already been banned because of something they had done. And once that happens, even with Twitter, which I consider one of the more, um, friendly crypto friendly, um, platforms, uh, it's very difficult to get unbanned, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Google does allow it. Twitter does allow it. Um, Facebook though is, is in my opinion, basically a no go. Uh, Reddit is allowing it now. Um, if you've been on Reddit, which I imagine you have, because everyone in crypto kind of spends a lot of time on there, you'll see a lot of BlockFi advertisements right now. There's actually, you know, some of the more reputable DeFi projects are able to get up ads there. Um, and then we do, you know, we have our own ad network kind of, you know, the, the whole kind of theme to marketing in crypto is sort of owning your channels because as you can see, you can't really rely on these third parties like approval because they can kind of, depending on what like the, the theme of the week is crypto a scammers and not a, a scam, they'll kind of like change their rules. So if you really want to do well and, and sort of have like a more robust bulletproof marketing plan, you have to kind of own your channel. So that's sort of what we did. We created our own ad network. So now you can advertise, you know, directly through us. You can launch, it looks just like, you know, Google ads and banner ads um, onto crypto publishers and sites that have a, a crypto specific audience. And there's others that exist like that as well that, that do more or less good work. Nice. Nice. I didn't know you guys had your own ad network. That's uh, that's fantastic. How many different yeah, publishers are on there? That's that's a that's a more recent project. So it's growing. Mm -hmm. We got about a dozen sites on there now. Um, that's just with you know our, our ad uh, code actually installed. But we do way more than that. As far as you know, if a company came to us and they wanted to advertise on a site that wasn't um, you know on the the ad network already, we can certainly you know get the ads up there. We have. You know, we fill the, the inventory for all the major publishers. Mm -hmm. And I, I like what you said about owning your channels. So I have like quite a few friends, probably a handful of, of people that I've known over the years that are in like the cannabis space, for example. And they talk a lot about how mm -hmm. owning your channels is pretty much the, the backbone of growth that and affiliates like turning your super users and your, your uh, like happiest customers into recommendation engines like they're literally just fueling your your company so with that said like owning your channels if i'm a brand new person coming into crypto i'm making a, a new project let's say it's an ethereum based project what what would you say as an expert in crypto marketing what would you say the first few steps should be should they start social media profiles should they you know go to for example your ad network and start just putting up display ads to try and grow what do you think is the most cost effective way for someone that's just getting started to to really kick things off in an industry that's so kind of fluid as crypto yeah so i mean there's definitely not one size fits all for every project but you know just kind of giving those parameters that, that you're giving me um it, it's it's honestly the most complex to kind of explain, but we do a lot of work with this, what I like to call sort of grassroots style marketing. So it's things like actually um, 
you know, getting on on all the top crypto like subreddits, for example, and, and forums and stuff. It's stuff that doesn't necessarily, and we recommend this all the time for, for companies that don't necessarily have a huge budget, but they have time um, to, to go out and make sure that all those things are populated. Because again, it doesn't really cost anything. It's just the time of actually creating content. The kind of guidelines to keep in mind when doing stuff like that, though, is that especially on on Reddit, where every crypto subreddit is like under lock and key these days, as far as you know, you shill anything, you'll get banned immediately. Uh, you have to definitely add value. I mean, marketing, the, the new generation, you know, marketing in the 60s and, and you know, Mad Men style stuff was more of like, you know, pushing things, whereas now it's much more of, of pulling people in. And you do that by providing value, by creating resources that people find helpful, um, by creating content that people find helpful. So maybe it's like some kind of guide that you're going to create that happens to you know, integrate well with whatever the solution is of the product that you're offering. Um, Stuff like that. So it's sort of content marketing, but it's content marketing in places that the community is already like very much involved in. Uh, that type of stuff requires a just it's a bit of an art of, kind of like the different subreddits, what content is allowed, what's not allowed. Um, so that that's sort of like the first place I, I guess I would start. Again, it really depends on, on what the company is. Um, yeah, but I mean, content marketing in general is always a great idea for for um, crypto. I mean, look at this, the podcast run right now, for example, Divius is fantastic content marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Owning, uh, owning the content and just pushing it out there as much as you can and getting a good value, value out there to people to bring people in. I like how, I like how you phrased that where in the sixties it was pushing and now it's sort of, um, drawing people in, <laughs> not pulling, but like just trying to, uh, lure people yeah. in because there's so much out there. Right. There's just so much information, but uh, exactly, yeah, you, it's you guys... um, it's it's just a smoother process in general. I mean, everyone, no one wants to be marketed to. So if you if you're going to get people to find out about a product, you have to kind of give them something in exchange. Um, marketing doesn't have to be like coercive, and mm -hmm. it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. So you guys have some pretty big headliner brands. Um, so I wanted to touch on that a little bit that you work with in the crypto space, like some of the top ones being like eToro, OKX, Shapeshift, of course, Voyager, some of these like kind of blue chip names in the space. So from your perspective, I mean, it doesn't have to be a headliner one that you've worked with or like these big names, but what's been like one of the most fun campaigns that you guys have done, like one where you, let's say, did some content or something that just unexpected happened when you guys were launching a campaign that whether it was a wild success, um, you know, you don't have to talk about any sort of downfall of a campaign, but I think that that would be really fun to, to learn more about because not all these campaigns can be huge wild successes, but there are some, you know, that are very successful. So could you share maybe one, one example of something that was just a lot of fun and, and, and was really successful that you guys kicked off? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I prefer not to go, you know, overly into like the numbers and things like that, just because I want you know approval from the clients. But yeah, yeah. Um, when Shapeshift was launching their Fox token, which was, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they were, you know, launching their token that allowed for free uh, trading on the platform. Um, that was something really exciting for me personally, just because I love Shapeshift and I, their, their whole team is great. I really enjoy working with them. Um, and what they were trying to do was really just get more attention to uh, an announcement that they had. So in this case, they wanted to you know, own the, rather than have a ton of, you know, content creators and, and, and thought leaders sort of create their own content. Um, they had their own content that they wanted to just sort of distribute it across all of Twitter. So what we did is we organized 
um, I believe it was about 20 uh, influencers across YouTube and Twitter, you know, all the, like, the major names basically mm-hmm. to uh, just kind of make sure that their audience saw it through various means, whether it's, you know, retweeting and commenting it on or providing some additional kind of insights. Um, and, you know, that was uh, one of the more successful campaigns. They were pretty thrilled with, uh, as far as I know, with uh, the results of that. And, and um, that was just super fun to work on. We had so many people involved. And, you know, it, it's really crypto is a community kind of industry. Um, so on a campaign like that, where we get to work with so many different, you know, influencers or content creators, uh, it's fun because these are kind of like people that, you know, yes, it's business and it's work, but it's also like, there's a bit of like, you know, friendship involved. Um, mm-hmm. So that's sort of like working with friends so I, I enjoy campaigns like that um and yeah i'd, I'd say that's one of the, the the ones that i kind of look back on fondly nice nice well uh you know what what has been the the previous stage you mentioned that you've done all these successful campaigns in the past with influencers you got your your advertising network now with like a, a handful of of crypto blogs that you can advertise on with banner ads and things like that. Um, there are certain things about owning channels for companies. Like let's say there's two developers in the, in the project and neither of them are going to start a Twitter. <laughs> they're, they're not going to start an Instagram. They're not going to be posting on it actively. So do you guys step in at all and, and actually like help some of these, let's say it's a brilliant project to get out there and manage their, their whole social presence. Have you, have you done that yet? Or are you looking to do that? Yeah, I actually prefer that more than, you know, sometimes people hire us just as like a specialist agency where they want, you know, one particular service offering that we have and, you know, they want an expert to do it. So we'll help them with that. But I, I love it when a company kind of comes to us saying, you know, we have this great product. We love it. We have no idea what to do marketing wise. Um, you know, what can we do? And then from there, there's sort of like this whole strategy and planning component that I really enjoy and, and my whole team really enjoys uh, because we get to kind of have like free reign to sort of, you know, play things how we see fit. And it's, you know, crypto marketing is very responsive. Um, it has to be, things have to be done in like kind of a, a timely manner in relation to like ongoing news and current events. Uh, so we get to kind of play into that. Uh, and then we get to, you know, because marketing when marketing is done in silos where you have like, for example, maybe in-house you're doing social media and you have an agency doing SEO, for example, and then another team doing email marketing, things very much get lost in translation. So to have everything kind of under one house and one umbrella, uh, it's much easier to sort of have a full marketing picture. And then things have to sort of feed into each other. You're really kind of wasting budget and, and time if you're not having, you know, your SEO feeding into your Twitter account, which is feeding into your Telegram uh, which is leading people to your subreddit because everyone kind of consumes content differently, um, getting people through one channel and and onto whatever their kind of preferred content consumption uh, platform is, is sort of something that we get to do a little bit better than we otherwise would be able to. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we do, we do kind of, you know, I, I, I sometimes shy away from saying we're a full service agency because we don't do everything, but we do basically everything that works for crypto companies, which is typically more um, organic type growth. So things like social media, um, community management, SEO, stuff like that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely something to be said about, uh, you know, a brilliant product that's been made because there's so many of them in the space where, you know, there is a certain point where you have to step in and say like, Hey, we can, we can help get the word out. Cause I feel like there's so many, even dead projects that, 
just couldn't get legs from a marketing perspective. Like they were just brilliant ideas, brilliant yeah, it's, concepts. It's it's both the most frustrating and exciting thing to see. It's frustrating because you see this great product and it happens all the time where you have a team of you know developers, for example, who create this like groundbreaking industry changing app, but they just, you know, they're they're quiet, they don't know marketing, they don't know, they're kind of uncomfortable kind of getting out there in the community talking about it. Um, so it's just kind of a shame to see that because you, you know, it's like the kind of thing that you really want everyone to know about and, and you know, people would be better off knowing about it. Um, but, you know, on the other side of that, it's exciting when they come to, you know, something like us or, you know, another agency because they get to actually find of, you know, now actually get it in front of people and, and hopefully it's a success. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate, but I, we see that a lot where it's, it's companies that are just so like, you're like, how do people not know about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. Uh... Always kind of a mind melter, but that is the the cutting edge, right? Is when you're <laughs> when you're right on the the edge of innovation, you're always going to have that sort of um, those outliers that they can never get off the ground, but yet they they deserve to, but yet they they never they never do. Yeah, you can be an incredibly talented, you know, have an incredibly incredibly talented dev team that, that just isn't necessarily good at raising funding. So even if they do get someone that is involved in marketing, they don't necessarily have the funding to you know do it the right way. And it's just kind of, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the solution is yet to that. I, I wish I did. I wish there was something I could recommend to people that I knew would, you know, kind of take them from, you know, to one marketing wise. Um, yeah. The only, the closest thing I recommend is, is that sort of like organic grassroots kind of growth on all those community channels like Reddit. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it is something that you kind of have to devote the time to learning. Yeah. So very similarly to, you know, like a, a content creator like myself, you probably get a, a lot of inbound requests and very similarly, you can sell, you can see when there's a trend. So with that said, what are you seeing currently? Because, you know, sometimes like in various groups I'm in, people will share the different types of projects that are hitting their inbox. And I think that there's a cool way of identifying like, okay, this is a, a clear up and coming uh, group of projects. You know, I definitely with the ICO craze, <laughs> that was a clear massive wave of projects hitting everybody's inbox that was on YouTube, on Twitter, on every, every platform. So what are you seeing now in terms of companies that are inbound reaching out to you? Um, is there any sort of trend that you're seeing in terms of people reaching out to you for marketing? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely DeFi. You know, during the ICO craze, you had the ICO craze and DeFi. I, I don't know if I'd call it the DeFi craze right now because it's not at the levels that the ICO craze was. Um, but I mean, DeFi is you know we get reached out to DeFi projects you know a dozen times a day at least. I I, I don't know what the number is. Um, so that's definitely you know something that we're getting requested. I'll imagine the same to you and and the rest of the content creators. Is that what you're seeing also? Yeah, definitely. Definitely DeFi is the the spike right now. Um, similar volume of, of the ICO craze like at the beginning of 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, DeFi is something that's, I mean, I love like Uniswap, for example. I'm a big you know fan of Uniswap. Um, fantastic marketing. We can go into whole thing about, you know, their marketing with their airdrop and stuff. Um, but DeFi is not something that I fully, you know, we always do sort of this, you know, like, like you know, crypto is not, you know, all scammers, but there's definitely a component that you have to watch out for. So we, before we take on any client, there's a bit of a due diligence process that we do to kind of just make sure that we're not, 
you know, actively helping a project that's going to help people, uh, sorry, hurt people um, grow. Um, still trying to work that out with DeFi because it's kind of still early, in my opinion, to really see, you know, what to, what the red flags are. You know, it's kind of easy with the ICO stuff. You kind of look for, you know, the BS advisors and, mm-hmm. you know, is John McAfee on the advisor team and stuff like that. Um, yeah, or that one where it was the the same guy and he took different pictures of himself. Yeah, as, as, I like that one. That, yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I always I always reference to the uh, banana website. Even to that one, it's like a, it's like a meme of an ICO website. It's it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole thing was just bonkers. I, I remember just watching the level of of I think it was something like 50 requests a day I was getting in, in 2017. And I, that was when I really figured out. That, Were they good projects or are they kind no, of BS? No. It was, it was just total BS uh, projects that were just trying mm-hmm. to get some visibility. And uh, that was when I really figured out that working with agencies, you know, like you guys was pretty much going to have to be the, the process because you couldn't do it on your own. You couldn't go through 50 projects and take bets and then potentially burn your, your audience on promoting something where it was an exit scam and you did your best, but yet that's not, you know, it's only one set of eyes. So having an agency that's doing the filtering and the diligence and everything has almost become like a necessary partnership for a lot of creators because of that 2017 just chaos that happened um that i found really really pretty pretty interesting and now i'm i'm way more comfortable working with um agencies out there just because it's just such a an important player in the in the space to help yeah well i think any kind of agency in the space right now especially with with defi stuff going on should be doing at least some kind of due diligence process to make sure that they're not working with you know projects that are ultimately going to rug pull or scam in some way. Um, but honestly, it's not that easy. It, it's, you know, sometimes it's incredibly easy. Sometimes it's super easy. Um, other times it's, it's difficult, honestly, uh, but we'd certainly do our best and, and uh, you know, the same with you, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have situations like uh, the yam situation where it was just basically a bug, wasn't it? Where they, they hadn't done an audit. And then it was, they had accumulated, mm-hmm. it was like $500 million worth and it just vaporized. I, I remember watching it on Twitter just unfold. And that was a great example of, you know, I don't know if I don't want to necessarily fault them for having a bug in their, in their code or whatnot, but um, you know, that's one of those kind of casualties of the front lines of, of being in, in a space like this. So it is a, it's a very tricky space to navigate. Um, yeah, I, it's almost, I mean, the jury's still out in my mind on this as to where the responsibility lies if a project like goes south that, you know, for example, a content creator um, advertised for. It, 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 there's, there's so much gray area to it. And I'm definitely interested in hearing kind of your opinion on it because, you know, there's, there's a very big difference between a scam project and a project that is just unsuccessful. And sometimes people don't realize that and, you know, they'll put their money into, a pro- I mean, for, I mean, we don't really work honestly with too many token projects or anything like that. We do mostly, I mean, you mentioned some of the clients that we work with, it's mostly like exchanges and, and sort of ancillary services. Um, but, you know, the ones that we do, it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, 
it's not a scam. We weren't working on a scam, but like, is this going to work? And sort of, if it doesn't, is it, is it our fault? Is it like, I kind of feel like the audience sometimes holds too much against someone that promotes a project when they don't really have control over um, the success of the company. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's like holding, like you, like if Enron was doing advertising on, on TV, would you hold the TV station responsible for Enron, you know, falling apart? They would, they don't really don't know. I don't know the inner workings of the company. Yeah, no, it's a great point. It's a great point. And I, I've uh, kind of defaulted to a lot of the other creators out there. Like we talked about how, uh, how that whole process unfolds because you're very right. If a, if, if a company just goes under, you know, that's nobody's fault other than the, you know, the company's operating it. And in some cases, just their circumstances, their environment can't um, withstand certain pressures so they have to fold and then the people that promoted it get blasted by their audience so from my perspective the best thing that's um, to to combat that is to just be extremely transparent after the fact and um, you know I just have defaulted to apologizing I think because that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of my my moral compass goes that way where if i you know, had something with 10, 20,000 views or something. And, and let's say a hundred people put money into something, then I'm definitely going to apologize to just all 10 to 20,000 people just to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, let myself sleep easy at night. But I totally agree with you that it's, it, it can't really be faulted on uh, the promoter solely. Um, especially on the back end after something implodes like Enron, <laughs> you can't blame the TV station. Yeah. Really well said. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the, the, this is sort of why a lot of agencies in my opinion, or just marketers in general that try to transition from, you know, traditional industries to crypto don't do well because they don't, they don't understand the community. Like the, the crypto community is so self-policing. Um, almost to like a, a point of being like ravenous at times, like almost like overdoing it. But, you know, in general, I think it's good that people, you know, have that kind of mentality because it, it stops people from getting scammed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's definitely one of the quirks of the industry that you really have to understand sort of the language of to, to, to be successful. Well, cool, Ty. That's pretty much all the questions I have. I think you addressed some amazing points, helping beginners, people coming into the space, really trying to learn about crypto marketing because it is a constantly moving target. And I hope that it does get somewhat easier uh, in the future. And some of these projects that are coming in with malice can't, <laughs> can't succeed. Uh, I'm hoping that that's, that's the case. But where, where can people learn more about what you're working on? Yeah, sure. So we have a podcast it's called The Crypto Marketing Show. Uh, every week we go over different topics, whether it's, you know, when you should issue press releases or, you know, how to manage a, a Telegram community effectively. Um, so you can just find that on Spotify or, you know, any of the, the major uh, podcast listening platforms. Um, we also have a newsletter, coinbound.io slash newsletter. We'll take you there once a week. We'll send out, you know, more tips, uh, all geared towards marketing in crypto. Uh, and then Telegram and Twitter, it's the same handle. It's just my full name, uh, at Ty Daniel Smith. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically uh, everything. If you get in contact with me or want to learn more about crypto marketing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you guys are listening on Spotify or iTunes or SoundCloud, all the links will be in the show notes that Ty just mentioned. And once again, thanks so much for coming on the show and breaking things down, Ty. 